1: Welcome to the Locked on Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked on Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, folks, it's it's Hockey Week. It is Hockey Week. We are less than 48 hours away now from puck drop in the National Hockey League, and we got the slightest little itty-bitty-bitty-bitty bitty, bitty taste of what to expect this year from this year's group of Maple Leafs with the blue versus white scrimmage on Saturday, and we are going to be joined by Dave Morisuti from Sportsnet to talk about it with me. Dave, what's going on, buddy?
0: I am just scratching and clawing right now at this point for the start of the season happen.
1: Oh, yeah. like it, it, And especially after watching that game on Saturday, it was like just a little taste, right? They, they give you a little nibble. But what happens when you get a little nibble, right? It's like Pringles. You have one. And it's like, well, now I got to have the whole can. What are you doing taking the canister away? And that's how I felt. Like we got to watch, you know, this, this little scrimmage game. And then it was like, okay, that's it. We'll wait a few more days and we'll drop the puck for real. But... Um, like it was, let's, let's recap this game. First and foremost, uh, team blue winning it six to three, seven, three, if you include, uh, the shootout there, but overall, what were some of your main impressions from Saturday? I'll have to correct you. It was team white that beat team blue. Sorry. Yes. Team white beat team blue, six, three, seven, three.
0: My bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Team white. was. I thought they were actually pretty impressive. Like, People were concerned about, you know, the whole idea of moving Zach Hyman down the lineup and, you know, Tavares with Nylander and VC. Who, I think, Nylander and Tavares and VC, that line was pr- one of the favorites to watch for me in that yeah, game. Me too. And Nylander with the two goals, especially the one with the rocket shot. Like, he's a guy that I'm expecting to have a really good season, even though he had a, a good season last year. And that Hyman McKeough, although Engvall, I wasn't too impressed with him. I was very much in agreement with Sheldon Keith's assessment of him in that game. Hyman McKayev are going to be a pain in the rear to play against. And I'm going to love it. Like McKeough has that size that he just—it's so hard to to go up against him. Like the goal that Adam Brooks scored, where McKev had to reach up to grab the puck and then flipped it pretty much between his legs to Brooks like that his size. I think he's realizing that that's an advantage for him. And Mm -hmm. that was a standout for me. I know there's a lot of other things people were talking about. I mean, Thornton seeing him for the first time.
1: Yeah. what, What were your impressions on Thornton's game? Because now, you know, a lot of people are talking, they're like, ah, he looks a little slow, but then, you know, those are people who I think are just being a little pessimistic. And then there's others that are just like, oh, my God, we're actually seeing Joe Thornton in a blue and white Maple Leafs uniform. This is incredible, a sight that I never thought I'd ever see. I think people
0: were over-exaggerating the whole he's a slow player. He, Yes, he's not a fast player. He's not built that way. But what he does well is he knows where to position himself, to A, not get caught uh, if he has to go back. He knows how to get himself keep up with the guys that he's playing with. I think it's going to take time. It looks, and based off what I saw too, it looks like it's going to take time for that that trio to come together if that's how that line is going to continue going forward. But I, I think just having him there, the influence he has, you can see they the players love him. He's, he's that oh, guy yeah. that He's just, he's so, he's a different character than he's, I think. You know,
1: really he, he reminds me, he's, he's kind of like the cool uncle, right? Like, he's like the cool uncle that that people want to kind of hang out with, the old guy with the beard, and, you know, uh, are you a Friends fan at all? Of course. You remember Tom Selleck's character? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... It- they so, bring him to the Knicks game and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who he reminds me of. And it's just like the old cool guy and next thing you know, we're gonna see, you know, Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews trying to rock beards to look like Joe Thornton or something like that. You know, that's just kinda what it, what it, what I, I I gather from the relationship with uh, with the youngsters and, and Jumbo Joe and you know, he says they make me feel younger too. So it's it's fun to watch and yeah, I I'll be curious to see how much of a leash that line will get throughout the season. And I also I'm not completely convinced that Thornton's gonna be able to play, you know, what is it, fifty-six games within a hundred and thirteen day span. Like that's that's a lot of hockey for a man that's forty one years old um in, in a lot very short amount of time. So we'll see what ends up happening there and, and if people start slotting in and out of that lineup or in and out of that role. But um just to go back on what you said about that line. Uh, the, the third checking line there with Mikheyev was Engvall and, uh, and Zach Hyman. Kerfoot is healthy and was back at practice today. And I'm excited for that line, just like you said. I, I think that they could really be a pain in the ass for a lot of teams. Uh, it, there's some really solid depth within this Canadian division. And, you know, to have three lines that you could feel comfortable throwing out there against any given line, I think is going to be huge. Um, And if you use them as your your checking line and you match them up with, you know, talents like Pedersen, guys like McDavid, that's going to allow your your superstars like Matthews and Nylander and Marner to free them up to play other minutes against lower talents. I I really like uh, this this idea to have this traditional checking line.
0: I really do, too. And Kerfoot is going to be obviously the key part of that being the center people have had their issues of having him as a center and I get it. He's not, he's not built like a center. He, he doesn't do great on the faceoffs, but he's got two wingers that will help him big time. I mean, Zach Hyman is that guy that can make anyone better. It's, it's, it's yeah. his MO. And I think that's going to be the case uh, this season for him. And yeah, I, I think that line is going to be super important. Um, is really actually the only issue, I think, with that line is making sure that they stay healthy because they've all had their issues with injuries. I mean, Kirkwood, right. already in camp. McCabe, that was a freak accident, but it can, always, it can happen at any point. And Hyman, you know, we always thought, what would his knee be like? It, it was good last year. We'll see if that... I mean, that's an injury that can always... Be a problem down the road, but for it, now, it's solid.
1: It can, but it really just seems like modern medicine has just done wonders with people who go through massive surgeries like that. You think about Tommy John, uh, you know, you think about a guy like Adrian Peterson, too, had a had ACL surgery and came back stronger, and, you know, Zach Hyman, it kind of seemed like that to be the case with him last year as well. Um, Alright, moving on a little bit uh, to talk about some other guys and some other moments from that game. Uh well, let's talk about that bomb from Nick Robertson for a quick moment. Uh, that was an NHL level shot, I have to say. I when I saw because
0: <laughs> I was I was seeing the I saw the puck. I didn't know it was Robertson at first. Oh, I know me either. Well, when I, it was when up, I saw like, the high. shot, I like, what defenseman can shoot like that? Because I didn't realize who the defensemen were, and I saw him shoot that. I'm like, holy moly! That kid that took his vitamins this summer. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> we'll see, man. I mean, I don't think he's going to make the opening night lineup, but uh, it's it's certainly encouraging to see. Like, I think Nick Robertson has an opportunity, especially if Nick, v- if uh, Jimmy VC kind of starts to – doesn't start off very hot. I think that Nick Robertson is a guy who they can kind of plug in there or maybe you know on a night that Joe Thornton uh, needs a breather or doesn't get to play, maybe they shove Nick Robertson in there and give him those top six minutes when he does draw into the lineup. So to see him to be able to to play and perform like that, the fact that he has that skill set is really intriguing to me. Uh, One of the players, I guess, uh, or one of the – Position groups that didn't look too too solid here was uh, on the back end and and I guess we could start with the D core. What were your impressions of uh, the defense? And mostly, I wanted to know what you thought about Miko Letnin because this was someone coming over from the KHL first year on North American ice, and there was a lot of conversations about whether or not he was going to be able to adjust quickly enough and there was a lot of of kind of hoopla over the fact that a guy like Travis Dermott wasn't in the lineup, and they wanted to give Letton an opportunity to prove himself. Did he prove to you that he deserves to be in the lineup?
0: I I think, I mean, he deserves to get an opportunity, but I think from what I saw in that game, people were looking at the goal, the shot he had, the offensive instincts he has, especially he's a guy that can, I think can go on that. I I know you laughed at me earlier when we talked about this, of him having, being on the second power play, his offensive instincts are undeniable, but the issue is he's coming from the KHL to the NHL where the ice is smaller. So he doesn't have a lot of time to think in situations. And you saw that in that game where he looked a little overmatched at times, you know, got you know, players are bigger too, so he's got to deal with the physicality of that, and the and just he has to be he has to deal with the pace a bit better. So, I feel like he might be a guy that gets in eventually, he might not start the season. I think Travis Dermott actually played himself into maybe the starting lineup, or at least getting. I mean, he was uh the sixth guy at practice today. I think he's a guy that the Leafs really want to earn his way on. I think he looked really good in that tune-up game. I think it was him and Sandine on a
1: mm-hmm. on a
0: pair together. And Sandine was really good too, actually. Yeah. He had he had some, you know, again, his offensive instincts as well. Jumping up in the play at the right time. The issue here is the Leafs also need a guy that's can show that he can you know, deal with the quickness, deal with making quick decisions. That's always been their MO of what they're trying to do. Like Bogosian's going to make the team. Justin Hall and Jake Muslin. that pair is locked in. I'm not always, I haven't always been a fan of the two of them together, but Justin Hall didn't actually look too bad. He actually looked like he's gone bigger when actually seeing him on the ice and not just the hair. Uh, just seeing him play looked a little better. So I think Lennon will, won't start right away i think he's a guy that's going to obviously draw in he just need he just needs time to adjust and that's fine because he there's been no exhibition games this was the only exhibition game
1: yeah you must you you must you must be listening to coach sheldon keith did you hear what he had to say today about uh yeah like he he said that hold on let me let me play the clip because i have the clip here just just for those listening um, here I'll play. This is what Sheldon Keefe had to say because today in practice, uh, after, and that's why I wanted to know like what you thought of Letton because a lot of people actually thought that he played a pretty good game and felt like okay, he looks like an NHLer, a bottom pairing NHLer at the very least, and seems like he's going to just like he had for the the majority of the off season, get that third pairing role on the left side. And then today at practice, he was kind of taken off of that role, and Travis Dermott was put on a pairing alongside Zach Bogosian, and then T.J. Brody was put on the second power play. And then when asked about it, uh, this is what Coach Sheldon Keith had to say about the demotion of sorts for Miko Lettinen.
0: Players in his situation that have come into the, to our organization and uh, put right in, right away, and that's coming off of a more traditional exhibition season where they get a lot of games to find their way in this case, just a scrimmage and no games against other competitions. So we're going to take a little step back with Nico and give him more time to, you know, to watch and, and you we know, got a feel for the league. And then also, you know, more time to work on some things directly in practice and make some adjustments there. And then, you know, we expect that, you know, he obviously will get in at some point and, and we hope he's more prepared when that's the case.
1: So as well as you may think he played in the uh, tune-up game and the scrimmage game apparently Keith wasn't impressed enough and uh wants him to tune up a little bit and it's probably just you know this always happens with with guys who have always so much uh praise going into the year because they were successful offensively in the KHL and then it's you know often you need to work on your defensive game I'm trying to think of who the player was that signed with Detroit a year ago he was unbelievable uh in the khl led the league in scoring that year for defenseman was up you know pretty high up in in the league in as a whole end up signing for Detroit can you remember who that was huh.
0: I'm just I'm actually just trying to think of it myself I was actually going to see if I could uh can do quick, a quick search quick I, quick I I, search I know <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny. Cause like, you can ask me I'm, and I'll actually say, while I'm looking this up. Um, I, I think he's talking about guys that have come here, looked pretty decent off the start. And then it's just went off the rails. Uh, I, you know, you look at OG Ganoff, people were so excited about him and that didn't really work out. You know, Zaitsev looked really good in his first year, but then it, it kind of, he didn't adjust afterwards. So I, I get works. Keith is coming. Like they don't, they don't, they see this, you know, they don't want him letting him to feel so overwhelmed that he just decides I can't do this. I don't want to be here. You know, I, I can't do this. I'm going to go back to the cage. show. that's the last thing they want to do. So I, I get where he's going. I think it, it makes sense to tell him, look, we're going to get you in, but you got to take, we got to take our time with it. So I definitely think that's the right, right. Call with it. Uh, I think I'm
1: close to figuring out who this guy is. Actually, <laughs> still trying to find that out. Who this guy is? It's funny. <laughs> why can't we I'm, find it's this? It's going to me. Why is this information so easily accessible? It should be a lot easier to find. But uh, while you're, I guess, looking that up quickly, your thoughts on the goaltending position, and more importantly, are you a little worried about the slow start here? Uh, and you know, Frederick Anderson not looking too too good in the two scrimmages. Yeah,
0: I've I don't I don't know if we've ever talked. I I'm a huge Jack Campbell guy. Uh, I mean, I've been watching him since. I mean, from the World Juniors, I thought he was wasted in Dallas, and he kind of brought, got back with the Kings, stuck behind Jonathan Quick. I thought, you know, this guy isn't an, an, an elite starting goaltender, but he's a goaltender you can at least. Give some give some games to. He proved it when he came here. Like he was he was pretty solid when they brought him in. Under the worst circumstances as well, by the way, and he looked pretty solid in that in in the scrimmage. I think Anderson. It's this is all this is his game. He he takes time. He's got to feel out the defense. He's got to feel out the guys in front of him. Like this whole defense, you're looking like you know. There's three. There's you know. Brody's new. Bogosian's new. Lennon when he gets in he's new that's something you have the goalies have to prepare for I think and Freddie just needs to kind of take a step back and just relax and just find comfort he he always looks uncomfortable and there was times in that game where he definitely didn't look comfortable so yeah I'm a little concerned that you know in a 56 game season where you know a a losing streak pretty much be pretty detrimental, and mm-hmm. the Leafs have made it known they don't want these slumps like they had last year. They want to establish a consistent way of playing throughout the season, and goaltending is going to be a part of that. And I think, as much as Anderson, I guarantee won't want to yield a lot of starts to Jack Campbell. I don't think he's going to have much of a choice. And in a contract year, like you, you're expecting Anderson to put up a performance like. And you and I were talking about this, like a guy like Jacob Markstrom who played his way onto a really nice contract. And right now I, I and people that said, Oh, when are they going to sign Anderson? I said, there should be no rush. He's got to yeah, earn it. And I, right
1: now he's not earning it. I totally agree. And I think that's a, that's a conversation for another podcast that maybe we could talk about, uh, sometime next week or in a few weeks, once the season gets into the swing of things, because I I'm with you, man, I wouldn't be signing that contract before the season starts. I don't think he's earned it quite yet. And I think, uh, you know, that's some bulletin board material to make him go out and earn it and have himself a, a heck of a season. But just real quick before I let you go, the name of the player that we we're both feverishly trying to find and think of was Oliver Kasky. And he didn't play in the KHL the year that I was thinking he played in La Liga in Finland, but still 51 points in 59 games, 19 goals in that season uh, before signing overseas, or signing back over here with the Detroit Red Wings, where he was able to uh, put up, what, 20, 20 points in 35 games once he got traded to to Charlotte. So, I mean, the, the guy put up some points over here, and then uh, this year ended up signing back into the KHL and hasn't made his way back over yet. We'll see if he ends up playing here, but it's just a, an example of how you can light it up in other leagues. It's not always going to translate, uh, but hopefully it does for someone like Miko Lettinen. All right, Dave, I'm going to let you go. And I really appreciate you stopping by and chatting and recapping the white versus blue game for us.
0: Well, I appreciate you having me on. I can't wait for the puck drop. On Wednesday.
1: Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. All right, we'll take a quick break. And when we return, let's finish up these power rankings. We will be ranking the defense and then we'll be ranking the goaltenders within the uh, Scotia North division. But before we do, let me tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.ag. I know we're all big hockey fans here at the Locked On Lease Podcast, but what about football? You guys ready? You got college football heading into bowl season, and there's some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season, finishing up with the playoff picture, becoming a little clearer, and there's only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. That's the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus you toss 50 bucks into your account you get 75 that's how it works using the promo code locked on at betonline.ag don't sit on the sidelines anymore get into the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts Bill Martin here, host of the Locked on NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three
0: biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked on NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, welcome back to the Locked on these podcast, Mike DiStefano now with you as we say goodbye to Dave Morisuti. Dave, thank you so much for joining us for the first little bit to recap the blue versus white scrimmage game over the weekend. It's not quite the real thing, obviously, but it's as close as we got to a a real preseason game, and Folks, we're, what, less than 48 hours away from puck drop, of the real thing. So really, really looking forward to it. But before we get to puck drop on Wednesday, we do need to finish off our top five power rankings. And since we ended up having kind of a, a two-part special for uh, for the fantasy special going into the weekend, I wasn't able to get a power ranking in on Friday's show, which put us a little bit behind schedule. So we got to get in two different Uh, position groups in today so we're going to do the top five defense in the division and then we're going to do uh, top well we're just going to do all seven so where do the seven starting goalies uh, land here in a power ranking for the Canadian division so we'll start off on defense and my honorable mention and I really flip flop between this guy and who I have at number five but my honorable mention here is uh, Josh Morrissey. I, I think that he is a tremendous defenseman. Don't get me wrong; obviously, top six uh, on on you know in the division. He's you know playing for the Winnipeg Jets, and you know it was kind of a, a tougher year for him as he had to carry and shoulder a massive load. They lost uh, four of their six starting defensemen last season, and he had to kind of take on a massive, massive load by himself. And I thought he did pretty adequately. I mean, you, you take a look; his goaltender up winning the the Vesno trophy, so uh, he, he did pretty good himself, but I still think that he's got another gear that he can hit, and I truthfully believe that he'll get there, to be honest, uh, but I think Josh Morrissey right now had to leave him off my top five, but he could easily work his way in there uh, if he takes another big leap this season, but at number five, I have coming in, uh, Jeff Petrie, defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. You think about the season he had a year ago uh, playing, you know, sitting shotgun with, with Shea Weber is, is pretty nice, who most likely will come up on this list. Uh, but, man, he- 11 goals, 29 points, 40 assists in 71 games. Uh, the guy was really, really made their power play effective because their second power play gave them a little bit of juice as well. And when Shea Weber missed some time, he missed uh, a few games. Petrie was able to step up big. And I think he just kind of does a little bit of everything, right? Like, it's just, Jeff Petrie is a solid player that Edmonton gave up for next to nothing. And Montreal said, thank you very much. We'll take uh, a, you know a top pairing D-man, maybe a, a two- Three type defenseman or a number two defenseman, I would call him. Uh, 100%, thank you. Check, please. And uh, so Jeff Petrie coming in at number five. Coming in at number four, we've got Morgan Riley of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, Morgan Riley, I think, is considered a top defenseman in this division, and I think that's a no brainer, right? Like whether you have him at four, number three, number two, wherever you may have him, I have him here at number four. And again, this is a player, much like Josh Morrissey, a little bit on the younger side compared to some of the other guys on this list. I think he could push his way into top three for sure. Like, I'm about to explain who I have at third, but I think Morgan Riley, last year was a bit of a down season, right? For him, he was playing basically on one leg the entire year and was playing with, you know, different partners throughout the whole season there was no consistency. So I just, you know, a coaching change, a philosophy change. Nothing went very well for Riley in 2019-2020. Much much like most of us. 2020 was not a good year for anybody and and Riley's career uh was also at he could add to that list. But, you know, the year before, this is a guy who damn near made it on the Norris Trophy ballot, right? Like this is somebody he had 20 goals, 72 points in an 82-game season. The last 82-game season he played back in 18-19 fully healthy. I think that he can get back to that. Another thing last year, too, taken off of the first power play. I bet you that affected him mentally. Now he's inserted back onto that PP1. Uh, He'll quarterback that power play. Now that Tyson Berry is gone, I think Morgan Riley can easily move up into the top three here. Uh, But for right now, just right now, as we stand, I'm going to keep him at number four because number three, we got old man Mark Giordano. And the year that Morgan Riley went off for 72 points, Mark Giordano did just as well and ended up winning the Norris Trophy at 35 years old. So, you know, and this guy is still an elite talent. And I just you know, I I I try to be fair here. I get it. This is a Leaf centric podcast, and we should you know, rah rah maple Leafs. You know, I believe that this is a great team. They're better than Calgary, they're gonna win the division. I think they have Stanley Cup aspirations, but don't shoot me because I have Marchie or Dano as it stands right now as, as a better defenseman as Morgan Riley. Could that change once it starts the puck? Of course. Giordano's 37 years old. Maybe the legs are, will, you know, Father Time will catch up to him this year, and he'll fall off, and Morgan Riley will scoot right in past him. I could totally see that happening. But as we sit, I'm not quite ready to uh, to anoint Riley as the better defenseman than the former Noah's Trophy winner of pff, two years ago, Mark Giordano. Uh, coming in at number two, and... Number one and two, it's like a 1A, 1B, and it's kind of a legacy here for me to put it as a B, so I I, I just made a one and two, but Shea Weber. I, I think Shea Weber... Comes in at number two. He could arguably be your number one. And, you know, I can listen to that argument and I can understand it. But from here, from me, from the Locked On these podcast, I'm, I'm signaling that he is right now the number two guy here in this uh, Canadian division. But uh, last year, you take a look at his, his stats, what, 36 points in 65 games. The captain of the Montreal Canadiens, he is just a force to be reckoned with out there. He has such a massive... A massive presence out on the ice. He bangs the body. He'll hit you. He'll he'll drop the mitts. Uh, he gets out in front of pucks. He really does it all. He's one of the best defensemen of this decade, uh, in my opinion. A, a first ballot Hall of Fame defenseman uh, who's just itching for that Stanley Cup to really give him uh, the 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 go ahead as a first ballot or still you know looking for that cup. But uh, I think Shea Weber here is is a solid number two, and that's only because. There is an extremely, extremely talented young sophomore defenseman out on the other side of the coast by the name of Quinn Hughes. Oh, my goodness. Do I ever wish this kid was a Toronto Maple Leaf? Quinn Hughes, I think, is going to be one of the most lethal players, not just defensemen, but players in the NHL over the next 15 years. You think about... Kind of what Eric Carlson was doing back in the day and how he was just, you know, putting up point per game when he was healthy back with the Ottawa Senators. I think that this kid could honestly do that. Cause in his rookie season as a what was he, 20 years old, eight goals, 45 assists, 53 points. And then what did he do in the playoffs when they return back? 16 points in 17 games. This guy's unbelievable, and look, it's not all about the points. And one of the biggest misconceptions people have with Quinn Hughes, I watch a lot of Canucks games because I, I like the Canucks. I think they're a really, really talented young team. Quinn Hughes can play in a defensive end. A lot of people just assume that because he's a smaller guy and he puts up all these points, that he's strictly just a, you know an offensive force and you know, oh, you just think that because you look at the points, you don't actually watch him. No, I watch him play. You know this guy wins puck battles. This guy, despite being a small, a, a smaller stature, he goes into the corners. This guy bodies you. He 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 uses his angles and his IQ to win battles. Like Quinn Hughes isn't afraid of any man. Like he, he'll go into the corner with a guy like Jumbo Joe Thornton and possibly come away with it. Probably come away with it. So you know Quinn Hughes, he he can do it all, and he's smart. Um, and, and again. 20 years old, going to be 21 this year, and, oh, man, he's just going to be unreal. Absolutely unreal. So he's sitting there at number one on my power rankings, and if you want, go check out betonline.ag. He's plus 1,600 to win the Norris Trophy, which actually... Is the number one odds of all of these players that I said. So, you know, betonline.ag is pretty much in line with where I'm at by calling him uh, the top defenseman in the division. At least by betting odd standards, they agree with me when it comes to the Norris Trophy. All right, we'll take a quick break. And when we return, let's get to the goaltenders. And let's see where our boy Freddie Anderson can land after not the greatest weekend in that red versus blue, in that white versus blue scrimmage we'll see where he stacks up. We'll see where Carey Price stacks up. Matt Murray, a newcomer, and we'll do all that, but first a word from our show sponsors, Built Bar. I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever, and the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and 6 brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, Cookies and Cream, it is fantastic, but they also got Caramel Brownie. Cherry Barcia, Care Cake Apple Almond Crisp, and that goes along with the other 12 original flavors, and we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and best of all, the Bilt Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bilt Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you, these bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded
0: players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, let's get right back into these power rankings, and we're going to talk about the goaltenders within the Canadian division. The Scotia North division, technically. I guess we'll... We'll call it that because, uh, well, they need the money. So <laughs> the only way for the NHL, and I only say that because today Gary Bettman was doing the rounds and talked about how the NHL is losing money and it costing them more money than if they were just to shut the doors this year. And a big reason for why they are renaming things like the divisions is just to try and make up some lost revenue. So it's kind of funny. And uh, so I let's just call it the, the The Scotia North Division, because that's what it's called. Anyways, let's get right into it. Uh, Goaltenders here. I'm going to rank them uh, 1 through 7-ish, kind of. You'll understand what I mean in a moment. I guess this is more so... Uh, the goalie situation in some instances here. But uh, so I think the worst goalie situation and worst goalie uh, here in the division is the Edmonton Oilers, and they've got Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. So they're returning the exact same goalies that they had a year ago, and they're awful. Like, let's face it, you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, two guys who both led the league in scoring, and you guys couldn't get them through the playoffs you lost because you couldn't stop pucks against the Chicago Blackhawks and they were a team that was kind of on their way downward even before the the uh, pandemic hit so you know come back with Koskinen and Smith I thought was something that I, I thought was silly of them to do um, I, I wasn't a fan of it I'm not a fan of it and Edmonton may end up in, in a division that's this tight this close Man, I'm regretting that because even if they can get a slightly above average goaltending, I think they would be in, in much better shape. But sadly, I don't see it out of those two netminders. All right, number six, uh, I got the Ottawa Senators and Matt Murray. This may be a little unfair to Matt Murray, a former two-time Stanley Cup champion. But you know what? I I, I haven't see, seen him as a number one starter. I just haven't seen it. When he was most successful, when he was kind of the the 1A uh, or 1B with Marc-Andre Fleury back when they were, uh, you know, winning cups with Pittsburgh, that was when he was most successful. And then even last year when he was playing, he had Tristan Jari who would come in and play, and Jari outplayed him. That's why Matt Murray's no longer with the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is someone who I'm not sure can handle the load, and signing him to that massive contract that they did uh was a little obscure to me and strange just cuz I'm not sure he's the you know legit number 1 goalie that's going to lead the Ottawa Senators to the promised land I feel like he's a 1A cuz that's that's always been that's all he's been plus there's that health factor right so Yeah, Matt Murray coming in at number six for me. Number five, uh, so this is like the Vancouver Canucks tandem of Brayden Holpe and Thatcher Demko. Uh, Look, I I think that Demko is going to become a great goaltender, and Demko could very well end up winning the number one job here over Brayden Holpe, and I think it's going to be more of a a split. Uh, I think Holpe will start off as kind of the number one goaltender, and and Thatcher Demko is just going to come in and kind of – Command the net, just like he did. Uh, Well, I guess he didn't do it. Marshall got injured. But the way that he played this summer in the playoffs gave the Canucks hope and gave the Canucks a little bit of of, uh, ease when they came to grips with it that they weren't going to be bringing back. Yeah, Markstrom. Now, sure, yeah, they did get a soft landing. They did go out and get Brayden Holtby, another guy who has won a Vesna before. He's he's won uh, a Stanley Cup before. He's won a gold medal before. But I still think that uh, you know he's a couple of years since he's been that stellar top tier goaltender. Uh, and we'll see what he does in a new situation. But you know he's he's a guy who's on the wrong side of thirty. And has been trending downward for the last couple of seasons. So I couldn't put him much, much higher on this list. But certainly, I think sitting here, I, I, you know, in the number five uh, between the seven Canadian teams, I, I feel comfortable with them in that position. All right, coming in at number four, it's our boy Freddie Anderson coming in at number four. And by the way, I just do want to say just taking a look at that top five, I think this is like an extremely strong division when it comes to goaltenders. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find five goalies in one division that's better than these guys. Like, that's tough, man. Um, And and we'll get to that, I guess, towards the end. But uh, So, yeah, Freddie Anderson coming in at number four. Look, I know there is such a love-hate relationship with Frederick Anderson and Leafs Nation, but at the end of the day, he's still a really good goaltender, Um, and there's a reason why he's... You know, the Maple Leafs are are always a lock to make the playoffs, and they're considered Stanley Cup Cup contenders. They wouldn't be if they didn't have a goalie that was capable of doing it. He's capable of doing it. It's whether or not he can actually win you the big game, and I think that's what kind of knocks him a peg down on this list is the fact that he hasn't won any big games. Um, So we'll see what ends up happening this season, but I think Freddie Anderson coming in at number four makes a lot of sense. Number three, going over to Calgary, went their new goaltender, Jacob Markstrom, I think uh, this was a massive, massive get for them. It really shores up the goaltending position, something that they, they really had not had since, uh, what, Mika Kiprasov? So it's been a long time since Calgary's had themselves a goaltender that they can rely on night in and night out, and, and I think that's going to be huge for them this season. I, I believe that they will... They're probably the team that's going to give Toronto the biggest run for their money when it comes to winning this division. Uh, but, and I think Markstrom is going to be a big reason of that. Uh, they got, you know, a solid group of defensive back there as well. Uh, that, that's, you know, in order to, imp- and that's the thing about Freddie Anderson too, by the way, I think uh, this year with an improved defense, we should see an improved Freddie Anderson. I did want to get that out there, but same goes for uh, Markstrom. So, yeah, he comes in at number three. Number two, Carey Price. And there may be some guys saying Carey Price is in number two. Are you kidding me? He's number one. He's the best goalie in the world. He was the best goalie in the world. He still can be. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's, you know, he's not, he's not washed up by any means. He's still probably a top three goalie in the league. But at this point, my number one, Connor Hellebuck, deserves this number one spot on the power rankings. I mean, first and foremost, he's the reigning Vesna Trophy winner as the best goaltender in the league. So, there's uh, there's one indication. And second of all, I just think that when you look at what he was able to do with, and we discussed that, I guess with Josh Morrissey, the fact that that team had only two of their six returning defensemen from a season before, and somehow Connor Hellebuck, you know, put the team on his back. And brought them all the way to the playoffs, sort of. I mean, with this they got into the dance, I guess, uh, into the play in the the return to play, I guess. And I just think that he is the number one right now. Right? Carey Price was great. He still is great. When he's on his game, yeah, he's he's arguably the best goalie in the world. But I got to give to Connor Hellebuck right now. And uh, just like Quinn Hughes was plus 1,600 to win Norris, Connor Hellebuck plus 650 to win the Vesna that is tied for the best with Andre Vasilevsky. So if you guys are interested in making those wagers, head over to betonline.ag and uh, try and get in those wagers plus whatever else wagers you want to get in on. I know that tomorrow on uh, Tuesday we're going to be or I'm going to be doing my over-unders and maybe some more prop bets and stuff from the bet uh, betonline.ag website. So, you know, if you want to hold off and maybe wait and make all of your wagers then or make them now and then those ones later, however you want to do it, just so you know, you can do it all on betonline.ag. And with your first buy-in, you will get a 50% welcome bonus using the promo code Locked on. All right, that's to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for supporting and listening to the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, folks, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.